Welcome to the Victor Collins Sabre podcast. We pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you and stir you up as you listen to this anointed, transformative, and down-to-earth teaching by Bishop Collins. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Enjoy the message. Father, thank you so much for this time. Speak to our hearts. Affect our lives. Give us a word to hold on. Like Peter said, if it is you, beckon me, bid me to come walk on the water with you. You told him to come and by that word, he started walking on the water. Give us a word for this season. I will change our lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. you may be seated. Just a few minutes, I want to share the word of God with you. It's a special day. Uh, we started at 9. I think we'll, the 9 is nice. So we'll keep the 9. 9, 12, you know, at least 3 hours, you must receive something. Isn't it? I almost didn't see Salome. I almost missed her. It's beautiful. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. Zechariah, a New Living Translation. She has transformed. Yeah, by the by the power of G. G power. <laughs> Zechariah chapter four. Verse six. As you are appointed into the ministry and as your ordination process is going on, I'm I ain't done with you yet. You have a short part and then you can put on your collar. So just in case you are anxious, don't worry. You'll go in this place just now. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6. The New Living Translation version says that. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. Two seconds, right? Two seconds I get what I want on the screen. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, ministry. Today we are celebrating what you call ministry. Karen, isn't it? Are you here? Beautiful. Gigi, are you here? Today we are celebrating something called ministry and that is to have some women, you know, choose to um, go a little deeper in the things of God, in the things of the church and for some gentlemen also to um, decide to avail themselves for a deeper uh, level of serving and, and following God. Now, in the ministry, there is something that is very, very vital and that's what I want to talk to you about. Is anointing. Many people do not understand how or why or how you become successful in ministry. To have success in ministry, you need anointing. Charmaine. Is that Charmaine? Charmaine James. To be successful in ministry, you need what the Bible calls anointing. 
Jolene, it takes anointing to make the difference. Are you there? Now, when we talk about anointing, we are talking about a certain power that God gives to people he chooses so that they can do the things that he, God, wants them to do. So there was this man in the Bible called Zerubbabel. The Bible says, Zechariah the prophet spoke to Zerubbabel. He said, this is what God is saying. You cannot achieve what you want to achieve by force or by strength. But it is by the spirit of God. Maybe, maybe if you are doing something in the world, you are doing something in school, you are doing something in another realm, maybe if you have some force, it will work for you. If you have some strength, it will help you. But in the church world, in the church realm, what makes people successful in what God has called them to do is what we call anointing. And so the Bible says in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38 that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus Christ was anointed. As much as he was the son of God, when he came down here, he came to see the people that are around here. He realized that, Charlie, I need something supernatural. An anointing is a supernatural power, supernatural element that, that provokes, activates, and catalyzes you into what God has called you to do. And so, if you are going to be a pastor, like we have pastors here, lady pastors, reverend ministers from today, it will not just going to be by strength. It's not going to be by force. It is going to be by what God is able to do through you. You've seen me. You know me. I came here 2005. I started a church on Durban, Durban and High Street in a small place. I didn't know anybody in Guyana. My church members, you know my story. But I'm just saying it for record's sake. I came here knowing nobody. In fact, it was even difficult to come because I couldn't find, I didn't know anybody from Guyana. By the grace of God, we found a lady in our church in Houston, Texas who was married to a Ghanaian, Abena Baskop. He's the one who, she's the one who said, her father has a small zinc house in Virginugen. So if I don't mind, uh, Andre comes from that area. If I don't mind, I can stay in that place when I come to Guyana. So I said, I don't mind at all because I had tried two people. They said they couldn't help me. So I came in, walked around for about six months, started a church on the 21st of August in 2005, right there on Durban and High Street, right after Carnegie School, when you're going up, you're going east on Durban. There's a, there's a building there called, it used to be called the Mildred Mansfield Youth Club building. I think it was also formerly Docas, Docas Club. That's when I started a church. Few people, two, three, four, like that. It was there I met Reverend Isan. I met Reverend Larry first. It's Reverend Larry who brought Reverend Isan. Reverend Isan was a church dangle. Yeah. He used to dangle churches. He used to go from church to church looking for something to eat. And he, he was not betted until he found a savior. <laughs> yeah, I met Reverend Larry first somewhere in September of 2005. And then he brought his friend 
around November, December, we were having, a, we were having prayer and fasting. And then he came. And then he said that, oh, Sunday morning, he came on a scrambler, motorbike scrambler, with his keyboard around his back like that, in a, in a sack. And he's, a, he's a professional keyboardist. And he goes around churches and he plays keyboard and he collects his little rays. That's how he was living. He was hustling in a church. <laughs> By the grace of God, he has settled. We started. One came in, one came in. Thank you. Then Reverend Larry brought a lady to the church. Or the lady who brought Reverend Larry. One day we were, we were having a conversation after church. And she said, oh, um, she, she has a store at the border market. And the city council wants to sell the, the, the shops, the stores to the people who, who are renting from them. And she needs $80,000 to buy one. I mean, I didn't feel like she was asking me for that money. It was, it was a conversation. Not knowing she was actually asking me for that money. And so me, you know, we spoke. I said, oh, I mean, God will do something. Let's believe God and all of that. Two Sundays later, she stopped coming to the church. Up to today. But I believe she, she was sent to bring Reverend Larry to me. That, that's what she, was, she came to do. And something had to take her away so that her mission accomplished, she can leave. We came here like that. Dockers Club. Then, it was during that time that uh, my father in the ministry, Bishop Daggyard Mills, um, bought a vehicle for me. He bought a vehicle for me, uh, a Mitsubishi Lancer, 2005. What's the number again? I think PJJ 6271. Yeah, I was very excited. My first car in Guyana. So as we were going to church and the people saw my vehicle, they said, you got money. The, the pastor got money. Somehow they felt like because of my twang, because of my, my, my asset, and I'm driving a car and the church is small, somebody is sending me money from somewhere. So they called me for a meeting and they said, pastor, we got to rent the place to you. I said, oh, Really? We just started a church, just about five people. We don't have money. Said, oh, you have money. So I don't have it. Oh no, you have money. That's okay. They told me the price and they told me when it was going to start. Then they said, Oh, Pastor, we forgot one thing. The chairs. You have to rent them every Sunday. One is ten dollars. So I realized that I'm falling among thieves. And so I have to make make take a decision. Otherwise, the small church that doesn't have anything, these people will finish our money. So I went to the Ministry of Education and they gave me um, St. John's College on Waterloo Street. They approved for me to use a classroom for the church. So I, I, I moved from that place to Waterloo Street with about 10, 12 people. 2000 and, early 2006. It's around April there, about April 2006. And then we were there doing our best we grew. A few people came. Mrs. Marilyn came in then. We're there, we're there, we're there. 50 people. Wow, we're excited. Karen, you remember? Early Pastor Karen came at that time. We used to do evangelistic service Sunday evenings. We go around the corner and bring the homeless guys. Church began to get excited. Then we hit 70 people. You came there. You're a little boy with your parents. Then you came with your sister, Lady Pastor Jojo. Yeah, they came. Then my father told me that if I find a building that is reasonable, I should let him know he'll buy it for us. 
I said, wow. So I went, I went hunting. I opened the newspapers every day, looking to see for sale, property for sale. Then I saw a building for sale on Freeman Street. One of the most popular streets in Georgetown. <laughs> so I, I went there to look at the building. When I went, it was a small factory, you know, between two buildings. So, and, and, and when I came to Guyana and I saw how churches are built, I've never liked how some pastors build churches. And so when I saw that factory between two buildings, I said, no, 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 I don't like this building. Because where would the church members park their vehicles? When you have a church, you have to have a church where church members, if you don't have a, a parking for, of, for church members, it means that you don't want your church members to, to, to drive vehicles. So I looked at the building, I said, no. It was very close to Sister Esther. So I refused that, that offer. As I was leaving Freeman Street, I saw Spot 7. Famous Spot 7. Prince's parents used to go there for oldies. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the building and I said I want this building rather because it had space you know you had space to park it was quite a big structure and so I, um, I sent the pictures to my father in the ministry he said oh wow that was it so I went to see the, the owner of the building I told him that I'm a pastor. I want to buy the building. If you can just give it, to, give it to us to use for now, we'll pay him. We'll buy it. He said, Pastor, go ahead. There's a buy who's using the building. He's called Big Teeth. He's do dance and all this there, and he never give me no money. So I won't give you the building. At least you pray for me. If you don't give me no money, at least you pray for me, and I'll get blessed. I said, I have met a good man. He said, by the way, I want to go to Africa. Anytime you are going to Africa, please let me know. I want to go with you. I said, I've got a nice guy. So he gave us a building. The place was dark, no light, nothing, no, no wiring, nothing. We went, we broke down a lot of things. We started having church there. A few months later, he called me and said, Pastor, where's my money? I said, oh. I didn't know that you were waiting for your money. He said, no. If I don't give him his money, I have to give him his key. So I was hot. And I spoke to my father in the ministry again. And then within the week, I got a call from London. One of our church in London. The, the treasurer called me and said, Reverend Collins, how are you? I know the person. So when I heard the voice, I became excited because I said, this voice is a very important voice. And she said, the lady told me, she asked me, send me your bank account details as the church. Give me the bank, church bank account. And um, a bishop has asked me to send you money for the building. Come and see me excitement in my house. And God be so good, they send us money. And we bought that building in East La Penitence, cash down. Cash. We bought it with cash. And then we started, we started, we started. That's, that's, we moved there, I think 2007 we went there. August of 2007. And we were there until, by the grace of God, I was consecrated as a bishop in 2017. And then, my father has always been saying that, you know what, get some big place, get a big land, and let's build something big. I said, yes daddy. So we got a land, four acres in land of Canaan, on the East Bank. And the people, we, we paid the people and then, 
we didn't get a transport. So I had to take them to court and collect back the church money. By the grace of God, three years later, we got the money. And then we've, I found this land here, which is nine acres of land. I said, it looks like that's the, that's the right one. Here is natural air. Breeze. It, 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 it can be cold and it can be hot. This is America. It's, it's West Coast and East Coast. <laughs> and so we came here and we have this and many more. Now, in the church, if you move like this, it means that God is with you. You can't, you, you can't do well in life without anything. If you are going to do well in life, you must have something. Number one, you must have a fella. Or banner. Or a husband. Or a child father. Or a woman who comes from a rich family. Or you have a certain business business talent or you are very educated or you did a course that is good that is giving you money in this life you cannot do well with nothing you cannot you can nobody does well in this life with nothing anybody who is doing well is doing well because of something they have or somebody something they have somebody they know it is the same thing in the spiritual world to do well as a pastor I can't come here 17 years later and I have such a big building. I went to see a pastor the other day. And we're, we're chatting. Then he said, Mom, I see your, your church pictures in the, on Facebook. The place is big. And I was surprised because this is not somebody I, I talk to. I mean, I've not spoken to this person for years. I was surprised that he peeping we on Facebook. Watching we, them, them are watch you. And then to also even have people to come from all the way from town, wherever people come from. You, you, if people don't go to a place that, they are, they, they, that doesn't benefit them. And many of the people I have here are people who used to be with me in Georgetown. As I transferred myself here in, in February, January or uh, February of 2020, they came with me from the scheme. And then some from around the area has joined. These things just don't happen. You have to have something with you. Hallelujah. And that's what the scripture says. The scripture says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And that is how come he was able to go about doing good and he was able to heal all that were oppressed of the devil. For the conclusion of the matter and the conclusion surrounding what he was able to do is that God was with him. If God is not with you, you cannot do certain things. God has to be with you. God has to be with you. God has to be with you. As a lady pastors, reverend ministers, you will not do well if God is not with you. The, the, the yellow dress doesn't give you power. The, the, the yellow dress, we are the ones who say you should wear yellow. It's right here that I've given you the cross. The hat, you bought it from somewhere. 
Your outfit does not give you anything that can bring a church member. I'm telling you. Church members don't come because of the way you dress. Church members don't come because you look pretty. Church members come because God is with you. That's the secret. And so Jesus said something here to Pilate when he was arrested and was sent to Pilate. In John chapter 19 and verse 11. John chapter 19. The weather has changed, isn't it? It's beautiful. I hope you brought your winter jacket. John chapter 19 and verse 11. The Bible says that then Jesus answered, or New Living Translation, which is better. Then Jesus said, you would have no power over me at all unless it were given to you from above. Now, Jesus is the son of God. How can people arrest Jesus and take him to Pilate? How can people arrest Jesus, the son of God, and take him to Pilate? I mean, one day they were trying to kill him. They wanted to arrest him. He disappeared in front of them. He, he walked among them and they, didn't, they couldn't even identify him. They couldn't even find him. And so for ordinary men to be able to arrest Jesus Christ, it means that God allowed it to happen. Sometimes the things that happen to us, it is because God allowed them to happen. It's not because you are bad. It's not because you are no good. That is how sometimes people interpret things. Because you went through a very difficult season, you are saying that there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Sometimes God allows those things to happen. So that maybe, perhaps, assuming, you probably look for him or you, you go to church. If you don't find him on that season, then it happens to you again. Then you say that, oh, uh, me, I'm not lucky with men or I'm not lucky with women. It's not, it's not that you're not lucky. You, you, you hear it's hard. And so it will happen to you over and over until you catch yourself. So Jesus told Pilate that, I am standing here and you are asking me questions because it is God who made it possible. I'm saying this to say that if you are going to do anything in ministry, God will have to be with you. God will have to be with you. I tell you. And those who, those who know church around, you can, you, can, you can say it. I mean, to go to a church, a black man's church in, in, in a predominantly Indian neighborhood, and to see the people that are here, the number of people, pastors, and all of that. You, 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 it's not, it's, I, I never went to seminary. I, I didn't, these are the people who went to Bible school. Me and my... my my two brothers, we, we were trained <laughs> as soldiers in the army. That's all. It is the others who went to seminary three years, four years. G went to Bible school for four years. Four years in a formal Bible school setting. They are the professional pastors. We were just trying something. We were just trying something. But if you can see what is going on, in a man of God's life, if you, can, if you can find one man of God and check and see what he's doing, the only explanation to what a man of God can do is the fact that God is with him. That's the only reason. 
And so Nicodemus came to see Jesus in John chapter 3. Very famous. Nicodemus in John chapter uh, 3 verse 1. The Bible said there was, a, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. A Jewish religious leader. Give me King James. That's nicer. The man of the Pharisees named uh, uh, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God for no man, no man, no man, no man. Somebody say no man. No man. <laughs> the rabbi, the, the religious leader, he knows things. He goes to Jesus and he tells him that we know that you are a teacher from God. We, we, we have watched you from afar. I was in, I was in the quarantine with Reverend Isan. We were talking to a pastor. And then he said that, you know what? There are only two people in this country who are doing something I mean, in a certain, at a certain level and a certain magnitude. He said, you and Bishop Ejeo. Are you there? He said, I only know two people in this country who are doing a certain great mobilization of pastors and churches for a major move. He said, it's you and Bishop Ejeo. Bishop Ajay became a bishop in 1999. I became a bishop in 2017. You can can look at it. It means that the guy has seen something. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. And, And I can't talk about somebody you don't know. I have to talk about myself so you understand what I'm talking about. And what I'm saying is, I'm saying this also to let you understand that. We need you to also walk in these footsteps. We need you to also do these things that we are doing. It shouldn't be only us who can do something like this. Because if it's God, then God can do it through anybody. We just have to avail ourselves. We just have to go for it. Now, the Lord spoke to me a few days ago about something that is so critical. He spoke about catching the anointing. The anointing is what makes the difference. You see, many people, many older people, maybe grandmothers or mothers, they start businesses. They start things. One of the difficult things is to find one of your children who knows the business or the job just as you to continue when you are not gone or even whilst you are alive. It is always a difficult thing. Sometimes the people who are good at it, they are not interested in the business. And sometimes those who are, who are not good at it and they come into the business, they waste your time and spend your money and waste your money. To have a next generation of children who are interested in what you are doing, it is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. It's, it's, it's so difficult. Because when children are growing up, they begin to choose and to like all kinds of things. It's true. So I was telling my children, I said, the little house that I have, when I die, sell it, share the money, and you are galang your way. I'm telling them before they sell it when I die. Because I know that they will not come and live here. What I've built or what I'm building is only for me and now. When I'm no more, they, 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 wouldn't, they, they wouldn't have use for it. 
Maybe somebody will have to call them and say, Hey, Lois, your father's house is leaking. Oh. The whole roof is gone. It will almost be a burden to them if they are not interested in it. So my will, my decision is that when I'm not around, they should sell it, share the money among themselves. I don't know where the mother will be when I'm not around. Maybe, I don't know. They can give her some or they can take all <laughs> and then they should go along their way. Because yeah? I know that if I die today, my wife will run away. She'll go. She'll go. She will not live here. I know. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I know. When I die today, tomorrow she'll pack her bag, she'll go. <laughs> when, I, when you put me at the back here, she goes. Because she's not a missionary. I am the missionary. I am the one who, I'm the one who came to preach. She, she, she just came to cook for me whilst I'm preaching. <laughs> He's, she is not the missionary. I am the missionary. Oh, you didn't know that? You thought, you thought we were missionaries? No, 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 no. Ah, it's not Guyana. We is family, family. That's, 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 that's. God didn't say, Collins. Collins, Elsie. Collins, Elsie. I am the Lord. No, no, no. no. Even when, when, when prophet called me, prophet didn't call me and say, okay, put me on speaker. I want Elsie to hear what I'm saying. No, no, no. He said, Collins, I want you to go to Guyana. It's me he spoke to. Then I have to carry her along. So when I die today, oh, she, I know she will cry. But when you finish burying me, she gone. Gone. Gone for Chana. <laughs> yeah. Let us you do the same thing. Because it's like when Naomi went with her husband to um, Bethlehem, Judah. Sons died, husband died. What are you doing here? You go back to your country. Yeah. Maybe somebody will love you in your old age. And marry and squeeze the old thing again. You know, I know. <laughs> A revival will bring some revival. <laughs> you may never know. You may never know. You may never know. You may never know. And so please understand, and the church should understand that, we don't do church by obia. Some people do church by obia. Some people do church with obia. I'm telling you. Because you can't do church with nothing. You, you have to have something. You, you either, are uh, you a sweet, you, you, you talk sweet, or you say scamp, or you got some obia, or you have anointing. You, you have to have something. We don't do things just like that, though. If you go into the bush and you're going to survive, you gotta got something on. There are people in the bush who have things around their waist. That is bringing money to them. There are people who have money. Is it so easy to have money, Andre? Is it so easy to be a millionaire? You, why don't you become a millionaire if it's so easy? So those who are millionaires, they have something, either good or bad. Either some good skills, business skills, or there's some, some, some there's something. You, you can't be a pastor. You can't wear a yellow dress and wear a black hat and black high heels, 12-inch heels, and wear a black uh, suit and gray shirt and a collar and a lime green shirt attire and say you're a pastor and you can't do anything. 
I could have, I could do something. That's why, that's why you are, I, I gave birth to you. I gave birth to all of you. You, you, it was through the ministry that you become who you are. I sent you to uh, 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 the hospital incubator for three years. You came out, lady pastor. All of you. I made all of you. So why don't you also make somebody? I'm not the only one with spams and, and womb and egg. God can give you that same quality also. And so when we become pastors, it's not just for show. It's not to dress up. I said it's not to dress up. Because look at them. It's five ladies I'm adding to. All the ladies, lady pastors, stand up. Look at I'm adding five people to all these people here. Hey, they're going to kill us with dress up. Oh. Hey. Yeah. And I'm sure the young ladies who are growing up, they, they say, what? I want to be a lady pastor. Where's Kimi on? I want to be a lady pastor. Lady pastor Kimi on. Yeah, there's a little girl right there. She says she wants to be a lady pastor. Why not? It's a good thing. But is Kimian going to learn to be a lady pastor by dressing up? Or she should see that a lady pastor is able to bring people to God. Preach to people to give their hearts to Jesus. And to pastor them and to, and, and to work on them and, and, to, and to live with them. That, that is the example we need. And that example can only be achieved by the anointing. Please clap for my lady pastors. God bless you. Take your seat. So, nine things. I'm just going to read the nine things to you and I'll close. Nine things you need to do for the anointing. Nine things you need to do to catch the anointing. This is my personal revelation that I'm sharing with you. Number one. Remember Elijah told Elisha that it's a very difficult thing to catch the anointing. Because Elisha wanted it. Elisha said, you know what? If you are going to leave me, what I want is something that can help me do the things that you used to do. So he said, okay. It's a good question. It's a good request, but it's not very easy to get it. How do you get anointing? You catch. Anointing is something we catch. You see, if, 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 you, are, uh, if you are a member of the Gaffors family, you don't have to catch money. Money will catch you. <laughs> True or false? Yeah. If you are part of the Gaffors family, you are born into money. Automatically. But if you are not born into the family, you have to force and be rich. Get rich or die trying. You have to catch anointing to be able to do well in ministry. I hope you are following what I'm saying. How to catch the anointing, number one. Nine things quickly. Write it down if you want. And then we are, we are closing. To catch an anointing, you need to follow. You need to follow. That's number one. To catch an anointing, you need to be humble. That's number two. To catch an anointing, you need to copy from your father to catch an anointing you need to learn the father's heart that's number four 
When the prodigal son came back home, in Luke chapter 15, the difference between the father and his eldest son was the fact that the eldest son did not agree to his father receiving that small boy again into the house. And so you realize that there are people who can be in the church, there are people who can be leaders, but they don't have the same heart as the leader's heart. Karen, are you here? I said I'll change your position, isn't it? Unless you can well. <laughs> you can have what a father has, but you need a father's heart. Because it is a father's heart that makes him a father. And so if you are going to catch an anointing from somebody, from your spiritual father, you need the heart of that person. So number one is, if you want to catch an anointing, you need to follow. Number two, if you want to catch an anointing to do ministry and to work for the Lord, you need to be humble. Number three, to catch an anointing, you need to copy from your father. What you see him doing, you do the same thing. You copy, you copy, you copy, you copy. Number four, to catch an anointing, you need to learn the father's heart. You need to, you need to have the heart of the father. If you are going to do a G, if you are going to do well, you need to have the heart that I have. Yeah, you need to have the heart that I have. Because you know, Guyanese, we like fights. Guyanese like fights. Gonna abuse you just now. Around just now. I was driving here one day. And um, the guy was even in the wrong. He was in my lane. So I stopped. I actually, you know, turned on my highlight or my high beam to just understand what is happening. So I said, ah, what's this? So when he moved out of my lane and I was driving away, then he told me that you ain't got no sense. Hey. If I was Guyanese, I'd have parked the vehicle and get out. And then we can fight right there. And I had people in my vehicle, so it would have been a whole fight. Broke up vehicles and broke up our kind of thing. Because how do you just, the first word that comes out of your mouth is if I don't have sense. You don't even know who I am. So, so you see that if you live around here and you, are not, you don't have the heart of God, you fight. May you not be a pastor who fights with church members. There are some pastors who fight with church members. They row with church members. They did all, all kinds of things. May you not be a pastor. And we are not appointing you today to be a pastor who fights with church members. You have the Father's heart. That's anointing. Number five. To catch an anointing, you need to sit under the Father. Sit under the Father. You sit under his ministry. Sit under. Serve, serve, sit under the ministry. Number six, to catch an anointing, you need to serve under the Father. So you sit and then you serve. But as you sit, something will fall down on you. As you serve, something, something will affect your life. Hallelujah. Number seven, to catch an anointing, you need to submit. Ladies, you need to submit. Guyanese women are strong. And the problem that sometimes they have with me is that 
I'm, I'm, I'm an African man. I'm not a Guyanese man. The typical Guyanese man is soft. The typical African man is strong. He's ogre. And so when a, a regular Guyanese woman who's strong meets an African man, there's always fight. Because the Guyanese woman does not understand that this one is a different breed. It's true. Some of you, if I was married to you, you fight with me. Uh, you cuss me up. Sunday morning, you cuss up. You cuss up. When I'm preparing my message to come and preach, I'll hear cuss up in the house. Uh, it's true. You just look, you look nice like that, but if you, if you were my wife, you cuss me up Sunday morning. <laughs> you, Pascal, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Cuss you up. Yeah. Is it not true, Shona? Is it not true? Yeah. So, Bishop is a nice man. Yeah. He's a nice man. Oh, oh. Mm, ah. You, you cost, you cost me, oh, Sunday morning, I tell you. Hey, I get so frustrated, I won't even come to church. <laughs> Hallelujah. To catch anointing, you need to submit. That's how we've given you a heart. It's part of your outfit as a sign of submission. We are not giving you power over us. No, no, no. You have a heart to tell you that you are under authority. Number eight, to catch an anointing, you need to believe. And number nine, to catch an anointing, you need to obey. You need to obey. Do we have it? Number one. Charlie, don't write notes like that. Oh. Don't do shorthand. Do it exactly what I'm saying. If you won't do it like that, don't project it. Because what you're doing is not what I have said. You are telling the people something that I didn't say. I didn't say follow, be humble, copy from... That's not what I said. I said to catch an anointing, you need to follow. That's what I said. So don't change my words. Don't be a journalist, catch your news or chronicle who's telling, twisting stories. Right? Exactly, if you want to write for us, uh, please write exactly what, I've, what I, I've given to the people. So to catch an anointing, you need to follow. To catch an anointing, you need to be humble. To catch an anointing, you need to copy from the Father. To catch an anointing, you need to learn the Father's heart. To catch an anointing, you need to sit under the Father. To catch an anointing, you need to serve under the Father. To catch under an anointing, you need to submit and you need to believe. You need to obey the Father's instruction. Shall we stand? Hey, you are not happy. You don't want to clap. All right. I can. Father, thank you for your word today. It's not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. Let these words never leave us. That these words never leave these new pastors, new appointed pastors, and these ordained ministers. It is not by force, nor by strength, but it's by your spirit. Thank you, Spirit of the Lord, that you will always remind us 
about this word. In Jesus name. Amen. You are here this afternoon just after 12. You are not saved. If you die right now you are not sure whether you will go to heaven or hell. I hope you can hear me at the back. I hope you, are, you can follow what I'm saying. But it's appointed unto every man wants to die. And after you die, you must be judged. You die and you are judged. You die and you are judged. You want to say, Bishop, I don't know what will happen to me when I'm judged. I think I'll not make it to heaven. Because there's heaven and there's hell. If you are judged, where will you go? Will you go to heaven or you go to hell? If you are here this afternoon and you don't know your destination, you don't know where you will go if you were to die right now, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. Every eye close. Can we close every eye? Let's close our eyes. You are here and you know that. Bishop, if I die right now, I won't make it to heaven. I know, I know in my heart. I want to pray for somebody like you. Wherever you are, if you are like that, just slip up your right finger, your right hand. Let me just see your right hand. Say, Bishop, it's me. If I die, I know. I, I want to go to heaven, but I don't think I'll make it. I am the one you are talking about, Bishop. My right hand is up. If you are here like that, just your right hand. I want to pray with you very quickly. You know it. You know it. And, and as for death, you can die any day. Bishop, when I die, I am not sure. I don't want to leave without accepting Jesus Christ. I want to give my heart to God. I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. It takes humility to say, you know what? I'm wrong. A lot of proud people don't say, I am wrong. I'm sorry. If you're humble, you will know that you are far from God and your life is not what you know God wants your life to be. Bishop, pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. God bless you. I see that hand. If you lifted up your hand, I want to ask you to please walk to, walk to the front. Come, let me pray with you. Clap for them as they come. Clap for them. Oh, ashes, help them. Are you clapping? Are you clapping? Are you clapping? Are you clapping? And broken Clap for them. God bless you. Oh, are you clapping? Are you clapping? God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. Give your life to God. Don't make a mistake. Don't make a mistake that you are in church and therefore you are okay. Come to Jesus. Jesus is calling you. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus this afternoon. Jesus is calling you. Though your gift is small. Broken want to join them it's not too late you want to join them come to Jesus oh clap for them as they come wow God bless you hi baby how old are you 12 you remind me of this man here when he came to church you remind me of that big woman at the back there when she came to church. It's beautiful. Older people normally don't give their life to Christ. People who have eaten the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil normally are proud to give their hearts to Jesus. And so when you see young people like this come, you will think that it's a joke. But this is the time. The Bible says, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth, there's a place you die. 
everybody is going to die and you either go to heaven or you go to hell they will not teach you this in school we only teach this in the church you go to heaven or you go to hell when you die and you die one day either soon or later it was a very good decision you are making today so that should in case something bad happens God forbid you know that you are secured hallelujah so if you are here in front nice girls nice little girls beautiful close your eyes and lift up your two hands with me and pray this prayer after me say with me heavenly father I am a sinner forgive me of all my sins wash me with the blood of Jesus I believe with all my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord I believe Jesus died for me I believe God raised him from the dead I receive Jesus right now to be my savior and my Lord I believe that by this simple confession I am saved my destiny has changed I am born again my name is in the book of life I can now say I am a child of God thank you father for saving my soul in Jesus name Amen for booking and more information on the ministry of Victor Collins please call us on 592-691-5301 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com God richly bless you.